Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Maroon Friday edition of the Yard. Hope you are well today. I hope it's a hope it's a payday for you. How cool would that be for you, uh, weekly and bi-weekly wage earners? Maybe it is. Maybe the last Friday is a payday for you, and I hope it. Is. I hope it is. Hope you get a chance to get out and go do some things you love with friends and family. It's always nice to have a little extra funds to go do that. Hope that you're also celebrating Maroon Friday with us. You know, it's uh, wonderful that we live in a country that we can celebrate Maroon Friday as we choose. It is a right that we should exercise freely and as often as we possibly can. And there's been a lot to cheer about this week. It's been a good week for Mississippi State Athletics. I mean, and listen, we have had a lot of ups and downs this year. So we will uh, we will take happiness in small doses uh, when we can. But uh, it's been a pretty good week shall we say. I think that, uh, you know, we we spend a lot of time griping and complaining when things don't go our way, and so maybe we should take a moment to kind of take a deep breath and appreciate the fact that we've had some things to cheer about this week. I don't want to pontificate on the point for very long here, but uh, one of the things that I have noticed, and I'm going to talk about it because it's my show, is there are some people out there that are simply not going to be happy, no, no matter what we do, and no matter what goes on and so I think it's best just not to you know to interact with those people to be quite honest with you there are a lot of people that have made a tremendous commitment to be miserable and there's nothing you can do or say to change that and so in a year especially on the men's and women's side of basketball that have been very difficult for us and more so with the women because we have higher expectations for the women because we have learned that we can win big here in women's basketball at Mississippi State but there are some people that say, you know what, Steve, I just want to win. That's how I feel 
And I think the difference between me and some of those people is that I really mean that. I just want to win. And so uh, when we do win, I am happy. I I don't feel the need to get on social media and say, oh, where's this been the whole time? Uh, Listen, I've learned to never look a gift horse in the mouth. And uh, when we are winning, I'm just happy that we are winning, and I hope we keep winning. I don't feel the need to put a wet blanket on everything just because of the fact that uh, maybe the season hasn't gone exactly the way that I had hoped. And, uh, you know, listen, as I said here on a couple shows ago, uh, there's nobody that is excited or happy about what's happened in women's basketball this year. Just not. And, uh, you know, we knew this year was going to be a bit of a rebuilding year on the men's side. Doesn't make it any easier to deal with, but we knew that. We expected to be better in women's basketball. I think we were picked fourth in the league, and we all kind of laughed at that. I was one of those laughing because I thought we really had a chance to compete uh, for an SEC championship this year. thought we had the talent to do so, and the fact that we got South Carolina at our place. I said, you know what, hey, maybe this works out well for us. You know, little did I know that we were going to have the challenges that we've had, and little did I know that we were going to basically, you know, kind of have to start over in many respects. I don't think any of us were anticipating that, which has made the frustration that much more difficult to deal with. Because here we were expecting to be, you know, the top half of the league and uh, potentially competing for a chance to host the uh, first two rounds of NCAA tournament. And now we're kind of, you know, scrapping and fighting and clawing to make the NCAA tournament. So I get it. I don't need to be convinced of the fact that we've had a disappointing year in women's basketball. But I am happy that we have won two in a row. We're going to talk about that on the show. Uh, The Mississippi State men have also won two in a row. So we got a little bit of a streak going there. Got to keep it going, okay? Nobody's going to be satisfied and saying, hey, you know what? We had a really bad year, and then we had a good week. And so that erases all the disappointment from the year. It It simply doesn't. But let's not get so caught up in all of that and the dashed expectations of what we expected this season uh, to the point that we can't appreciate when we do win a basketball game. And so uh, excited about that, excited that, uh, you know, maybe we're starting to play up to our potential on both sides, men and women. Uh, maybe we are. And, again, it's been a good week. we got to have a good weekend kind of keep this thing going, right? That's, uh, that's a big part of it. I want to thank our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company, longtime sponsors of the show. And I love Bulldog Burger Company, and you will too. I loved Bulldog Burger Company long before they were sponsoring the show. And when they reached out and said, hey, we'd like to do something with you, uh, it was a match made in heaven for me because I had already you know, picked Bulldog Burger as one of my favorite restaurants in town. Uh, you will too if you give them an opportunity to serve you. They will absolutely exceed your expectations. I told you guys before, the portions are so incredibly generous. I just don't know if I can finish one in, in one sitting. I, I, I can't. They bring that tray out, that tray of food out there, and uh, it's always a little bit – I won't say it's overwhelming, but it's always a bit of a surprise. You know, you go some places and they're cutting corners and they're cutting expenses, and, you know, you go get some chicken wings, and they used to be nice and, and voluptuous, and now they're not. And so uh, that's not the case at Bulldog Burger Company. They're still giving you a great product at a great price and a great environment. Two locations now to serve you right here on University Drive in Star Vegas, and then on Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. Absolutely go check them out. Give them a chance to, uh, you know, maybe make it, uh, you know, a girls' night or a boys' night or a family night. You can have an adult beverage there. Uh, you can have a chocolate shake to go, which I highly recommend. But you have to have the spring rolls. That's a requirement. 
That's a big part of the experience. Have the spring rolls, the best appetizer in Starkville and Tupelo proper. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. So let's talk about the women. Uh, the women go on the road tonight and uh, take care of LSU. And while LSU is not a great team, LSU is uh, has been ahead of us in the SEC standings. Entered tonight at 6-7. and seven. We came in at 4-6. and six. We have kind of narrowed the gap a little bit by uh, winning that ball game tonight. And listen, it's been such a, such a topsy-turvy year. I think a lot of people thought, you know what, it's going to be a tough order for us to have to go on the road, even though we finally get over the hump and we get a victory against Auburn, a team that is winless in the SEC, a team we should probably be able to beat uh, with our second team. We struggled to win that ball game, had a very difficult first half, had a great second half. And there was a lot of that tonight, too. You know, we talk so much about coaching. And there's a lot of that that goes on. There are a lot of people that have never coached that have opinions about coaching because we watch a lot of sports, right? And in, in basketball, halftime adjustments mean just about everything. Well, again, a very strong second half for the Lady Bulldogs tonight as they take care of LSU. Let's kind of break it down here real quick here. And uh, we'll move. I won't keep you an hour and 20 today. I'll, I'll do my best to get you guys out, out the door a little quicker. I had a couple people contact me and say, hey, Steve, don't ever apologize for going along with the barnyard. We love it, and I appreciate the kindness. I know sometimes I, that I give you a little more, make you bite off a little more than you can chew. Uh, so I'll try to avoid doing that. But, um, okay, so 68-59 is the final. Uh, first quarter, LSU takes a two-point advantage, and then they have an eight-point lead at the half. We respond almost eerily reminiscent of what we did in that third quarter against Auburn. We come out and outscored them 25-8 to in the third quarter, and really that's where the game was won. We kind of held serve in the fourth period, 18-18, uh, ended up winning the game 68-59. to Advance our record to 10-7. Five and six within the league. Uh, your hero tonight, Aliyah Matharu, 29 minutes of action. She did get the start. You know, she has been the uh, the sixth woman a lot this year. She does get the start. Four of six from the three-point line. Many of those coming in the second half. And at times when we needed a basket to kind of quiet a run from LSU or to advance the Bulldog lead, uh, four of six from three, five of six from the free throw line, pulled down three rebounds, and even handed out an assist. Three steals on the night kind of negates the three turnovers there. But 19 points for her. Maya Taylor, who has been the workhorse this year for Mississippi State, probably the most consistent player on the roster. And and that's, you know, that, that bodes well for the Bulldogs when your point guard is so active. 38 minutes for her. She played 40 minutes against Auburn. Goes 38 tonight. Six of nine from the floor. Knocked down a couple free throws and pulled down six rebounds. Four assists, four turnovers, and then she negates those turnovers with four steals. Very active hands, 15 points for her. Uh, She has really kind of become the identity of this team. There's no doubt about it to me. It is her team. You know, there's a lot of players at times that come through and you say, you know what, this is the player we need to play well in order for us to win. Uh, Maya Taylor, win or lose, gives you her best effort. Jessica Carter tonight. Uh, didn't foul out. You know, we had some foul trouble with a whistle-happy crew against Auburn. Jessica Carter stays in the ballgame 31 minutes, 7 of 13 from the floor, 14 points, pulls down nine rebounds, uh, just to three fouls, and had a couple blocks and a couple steals. Uh, Rakia Jackson, you guys know, she got banged up a little bit with an ankle injury. She played through it. 29 minutes, 3 of 9 from the floor, did miss a couple of threes, pulled down a couple of boards, 
handed out three assists, stayed out of foul trouble, just the one personal, also made a steal and a block, uh, just six points. And that's one of those things, too, you begin to think about. If we go on the road and win a game against a team that's got a better record than us in the league, you're going to expect Rakia Jackson to have a big game. She didn't, uh, and that's not to throw any shade in her direction. It's just going to show you that you had three other players out there to kind of help carry the load when she was less than 100%. Madison Hayes remains in the starting lineup. 19 minutes of action for her. Uh, pulls down four rebounds, just a couple of baskets. But, you know, she is kind of the glue. You know, she does a lot of the little stuff, does a lot of the grunt work out there. The scoring part of it's going to come for her. She has a very good shot. Just a matter of kind of getting her comfortable out there and getting her to go in the flow of the offense. Uh, Jemiah Mingo Young, 29 minutes. While she didn't start, she played starter quality minutes. Knocked down four big free throws, one of four from the floor, six points, uh, pulls down a rebound. Mississippi State, probably our best on-the-ball defender uh, is Jemiah Mingo Young. Zaria Wiggins, the birthday girl, 11 minutes of action, uh, pitches in four points. Sydney Cooks uh, makes a basket as well, just one of nine from the floor. We really need her to kind of step the game up a little bit. I think we would all agree that uh, we had higher expectations for her than perhaps her production has shown this year. Uh, so maybe maybe we'll get that going. Looking at some numbers here to kind of uh, kind of recap this thing, we shoot 43.1% from the floor. Just 6 of 16 in the first quarter. We talked about how great that third quarter was. Bulldogs 10 of 17 there in the third quarter for a cool, crisp 58.8%. Also knocked down three three-pointers in the quarter. Uh, 0 of 7 from long range in that first quarter. Took us a while to kind of figure that out. The, the, Par- the Pete Maravich Assembly Center uh, shooting background kind of gave us some some challenges. And then 92.9% from free throws, 13 of 14. Just missed one shot, uh, and that was late there in the fourth quarter. Uh, LSU, we hold uh, them at 59 points, just two scores uh, over double digits. And um, they played. They didn't play a lot in the rotation. You know, basically the starters, I guess it was a seven-woman rotation for the most part. And uh, Bulldogs did a really good job defensively. Uh, against them held them a 22 of 62 shooting for 35 percent they were 37 percent from three and so we get out there and we play a good ball game and we get a win and as as big as the relief was for us to beat Auburn even though it's a game we absolutely should have won to be this one feels better because again this is a team uh, that was very similar to us we went into their gymnasium and we beat them so excited about the win uh, excited for Nikki McRae-Penson and the rest of the Bulldog women's basketball program uh, to kind of put this thing together. Now, I don't know how they're going to get all these games in. I, I really don't. I, I, kept, I keep waiting for them to make an announcement that we're going to do this and do that and uh, find a way to, to add some games. But, um, you know, it's one of those things that I, I just I – don't, I don't know if there's enough days in the week between now and the SEC tournament that begins, what, March 3rd, I guess, runs March 3rd through the 7th. And so the, the game on the schedule right now, as it stands, is uh, we get Missouri Sunday, 3 p.m. at Humphrey Coliseum, Missouri on Sunday. As I've shared with you guys, Missouri has not been a great team this year. Looking at their, their record here, four of nine in the league and eight and ten, but they're right there with Mississippi State. They're right there. I mean, basically one game difference uh, in many respects they have uh, they lost their last ball game. Let's look at the schedule here real quick and just kind of see how they played here as of late. 
and and I know this is going to sound crazy. I, I really want to get that Ole Miss game in. I, I really, really do. I hope we can get that game in. Not a lot of travel. We can get on a bus. We can go over there, went, beat them, and come on back. Uh, they lose to at home to Tennessee, 78-73. And so it's been, uh, you know, it's been an up-and-down year, but that's a competitive game. Tennessee's not a bad team at all, ranked number 20, uh, expected to make the NCAA tournament easy. Now, State was already in the tournament, according to Charlie Cream's projections. Since those projections, State has won two games in a row. And so you got to feel like now we're a little bit safer. We're a little bit safer as far as a bubble, quote, bubble-type team. Depends on what happens in the SEC tournament as far as seeding goes. But, uh, you know, still some basketball left to be played. You really don't want to be waiting this thing out on Sunday. But uh, I think it's pretty safe to say that uh, we're not going to get all the games in. There's some teams out there that have really had some challenges with the schedule. There was some talk about possibly playing, you know, three or four games in a week's time uh, to try to get them in before the SEC tournament. I just don't see a way we can get that done now. If they haven't made an announcement by now, chances are they're not going to. Um, You know, so we'll just kind of see how this thing plays out. The bottom line is the Bulldogs need to get a win against Missouri, right? It's as simple as we can make it. You've won the last two. You need to win the next one. And confidence is one of those things, too, that becomes rather contagious. All of a sudden, you start winning some games. You think, okay, we're going to find a way to figure it out. And then you've had two games in a row where you have not played well in the first half. You make an adjustment, have an explosive third quarter, and you win the game. And so I think this team is beginning to have a little bit of belief. Uh, As Maya Taylor said after the win against Auburn, they believe this is a new beginning for them. And it's not so important that we believe that. It's important that they believe that. It's a new season. And once you get into the postseason, you get into the SEC tournament, what happens in the regular season no longer matters. Now it's about what you do. It's win and advance. Win, survive, advance in the next round. I do think with the talent available to us, we could be a difficult draw for somebody in the SEC tournament. So I wouldn't rule out winning a game or in a tournament. Again, it's going to depend on who we get and when we play. But there could be a real situation where we, uh, you know, we get somebody else with a comparable record or perhaps somebody that, uh, you know, has fallen a little bit of hard times and might be able to pick up a win there. And so you, maybe you get a couple more because I expect State to win that game on Sunday against Missouri. Now, a couple weeks ago we talked about, you know, who can you look at our schedule and say that you expect us to beat. Now that we've won a couple – I think we've got you know some confidence and we begin to feel like we've got some momentum and perhaps we take down Missouri, all of a sudden you've won three in a row going into the tournament. Now all of a sudden it does feel like a new season. You know, one of the things I think is important to kind of understand too, that uh, you know, belief is a scary thing. You know, belief can be a scary thing. When things are going negatively, as they were for a while, it kind of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where it's like, oh, well, here we go again. We're playing another game. And you heard Rakia Jackson and others say in postgame here a couple days ago that, uh, you know, they wondered if they would ever get back over the hump. And so there is some of that negativity that had kind of, uh, you know, kind of infiltrated the mental aspect of things for the Mississippi State women's basketball team. It's like, you know what, can, will we ever be able to win again? Well, now that we've won, you no longer have that creeping doubt anymore. And so my hope is that we have turned a corner. And my hope is that Nikki McCray-Penson and her staff uh, are getting the most out of our basketball team. 
Now, I'd love to be able to come out there and lead wire to wire and just blow somebody out. You know, we, we've kind of grown accustomed to that, right? It's like, you know, okay, the first quarter, you know, maybe it's, you know, maybe we're up two or three points after one, and then the second quarter we go on a big run and we're up by ten at the break, and then that third quarter we put people away, and then we play the, play the reserves in the fourth. That's what we're used to. I don't know if those days are here just yet, but I do know that we have some talent on this team, and if they begin to mesh and they begin to gel, then we can make some things a little interesting. I don't, I don't expect us to go win a pod, to be fair. Maybe we can go win a game. But I don't, I don't look for us to get to the Sweet 16. I, th- I think that's a little basking a little bit much. But uh, it's not that we don't have the talent. I just don't know if we have enough experience playing together uh, to figure that out. But, again, it's a one-game-at-a-time deal. Let's hope that we can uh, take care of Missouri and then kind of move forward uh, from there. I'm excited about it, and I think you guys are as well. It, it's nice, too, and I ran into, some, uh, ran into some, some Mississippi State folks today at lunch, and we talked a little bit about it. You know, hey, man, it's been a good week. You know, I think a lot of it, too, is, you know, just kind of the relief of not having to, uh, to deal with the angst. It's kind of, you know, surrounded the women's basketball program. It's like, okay, we beat Auburn. That's when we had to have. And so you take that big sigh of relief – well, now all of a sudden you've won another one, and it's like, okay, all right. Now we've had kind of a week <laughs> where we don't have as much of that negativity. And, you know, that's not to say that people aren't rightfully upset because they certainly are. But I think, again, as I said earlier in the show, let, let's celebrate what we have when we get it. And we've certainly had a couple things we can feel good about. And, uh, I, you know, to be honest with you, I wasn't quite sure what to expect going on the road at LSU. I felt that was a winnable game. But it's tough to win on the road in this league in any sport. And I think it's probably more difficult, you know, on the men's side. Uh, but with the attendance the way that it is, you know, there's not a true home court advantage. But just as we saw in the first quarter against LSU, it sometimes it takes, you know, a quarter or two to kind of settle in and get used to those rims and kind of get accustomed to shooting backgrounds. And, you know, you, you, when, you, when you play at home, same place you practice, you don't have that acclimation period. So – Again, happy with the win, and uh, let's go get Missouri. All right, time for today's top ten list, brought to you by Dr. Robert Yarber. You guys know Dr. Yarber. Great guy, been around forever and a day, a trusted physician, part of the great group, the ENT Physicians of North Mississippi. That's ear, nose, and throat. And listen, if you're one of those people that – is constantly having to take Zyrtec or some type of uh, over-the-counter medication to deal with some sinus issues, it might be the symptom of a bigger problem. And whether it's you or, you know, a parent or a child or somebody close to you that, uh, you know, is having sinus pressure, always having these headaches and things like that, you know, you can keep suffering through this, but why would you want to? Go ahead and deal with it once and for all. Give Dr. Yarber a call. 662-844-6513. 662-844-6513. Again, that's 662-844-6513. Two locations to serve you. 910 Stark Road right here in Stark, Vegas, and 618 Pegram Drive there in Tupelo. Dr. Robert Yarber of the ENT Physicians of North Mississippi. So let me tell you how we're going to do the top 10 list here for the next three shows, counting today. So you may or may not be aware, but I was able to get my hands on the list of the Mississippi State walk-up songs. Got them all. So today, we're going to do my favorite walk-up songs for this year. 
And this is for Miss Allison Yeomans. She is a Georgia Bulldog slash Mississippi State Bulldog. Her lovely daughter uh, works Mississippi State. I actually saved her life on the sidelines of a football game. She wasn't paying attention, nearly got ran over. I grabbed her and moved right away. And so now, Miss Allison, you owe me twice because I'm going to do your top 10 list. So today's top 10 list is going to be my favorite walk up songs from the 2021 roster. If you are interested, in, uh, in that full list, I made that article free. I, I call it an article. It's basically a lead paragraph and then all the songs listed. And you can see what they are. Many of you are like, oh, hey, well, who is so, what is so-and-so's walk-up song? I hear them say it or hear them play that. I don't know the, uh, the artist or the song. Now you've got a nice little index. It's all right there for you. Uh, happy to get that. been working on that for a few days. And then, of course, you know, we start talking about walk-ups after the Jackson State game. And people are like, hey, what about this? What about that? So here are my top 10 from the list. Number 10 is Money for Nothing from Dire Straits. That goes back. It's a song of my youth. That was one of the first real innovative videos on MTV, and they played it all the time. They even mentioned MTV in the song, right? Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a cool track. I like Mark Knopfler a lot. People don't know this, but he's a picker rather than a, uh, a player. You know, He plucks the strings rather than using a guitar pick. All right, number nine, and uh, some of you, I, I know already that you're going to be messaging me saying, Steve, how could this be number nine? Well, one of the reasons why it's overplayed, it's also not even close to one of my favorite Metallica songs. But number nine is Sad But True. Sad But True off the Black Album. Great tune, um, but I like a lot of these other songs more. And, and some of you are going to say, Steve, it's sacrilege. Well, you're wrong. Number eight, a song that goes back several years, it's Black Betty from Ram Jam. And one of the things I don't think most people appreciate is that uh, the regular lead singer from Ram Jam didn't sing this song. And so it's the biggest hit of Ram Jam's career, and uh, the guitar player sang it. Number seven, Vanilla Ice covered a version of this, but it's from Wild Cherry, and it's Play That Funky Music. White boy. We can still say that, right? Play that funky music. We can still do that. I think that's a, that's a real throwback there. Kind of dig that one a lot. Number six, and I'll take some personal credit for this one. After Riley Self's freshman year, he elected to change his walkout song. And he struggled a little bit early in the year. And I told him, Riley, we got to go back to G-Easy. We got to go back to me, myself, and I. And lo and behold, he turned the season around. And so we stuck with it ever since. Uh, my kids laugh at me because uh, anytime I put the name G-Eazy in our fam chat, I always, uh, the autocorrect always gets me. I don't put the Z in there. But I think it's a really cool video, too. I think you should check it out. It's a good time. I like G-Eazy. I really do. And not just for this song. I think there's some other ones that uh, uh, I mean it is another one that I really like, too. And um, No Limit, I guess, is another one with A$AP Rocky. All right, number five, this is uh, Carlisle Kessler's song, A Young Man from Vicksburg, Mississippi. And he picked Mississippi Queen from Mountain, one of the most recognizable guitar riffs of all time on this song. God bless the soul, Leslie West. A great guitarist, a great songwriter. Didn't get his due. Died uh, in 2020. Number four, it's Even Flow. Even flow. 
Chase Patrick has that one, and he also has the flow. And I don't know if there's a connection. You know, he's kind of got that long hair kind of dipping outside the calves. He's got the flow. I don't know if this is like an inside joke with him or not, but, uh, you know, Chase picked that one, and I really dug it. And I was glad to see that there was uh, some Pearl Jam on the list. Number three, I dig this one a lot too, and uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but the closer to Arkansas used to use this as his walkout, and that's the first one I remember doing it, but it's uh, Shepherd of Fire from Avenged Sevenfold. I'm a big Avenged Sevenfold fan. I've seen them live. Matter of fact, I saw them for the first time in Tupelo, Mississippi, here several years ago. Great tune. Got to meet M. Shadows backstage. Uh, I think A7X is incredible. And what's what's ironic, too, is I remember Matt, who is M. Shadows, being on that metal show with Eddie Trunk and those guys and Jim Florentine. And they asked, you know, what's the first album you bought with your money? And it was uh, the album just before this one. It was uh, Pearl Jam's 10. And talk about making us all feel old. So there you go. Shepherd of Fire. Great tune. Uh, off that album, I kind of like Hell to the King a little bit more. And if I was going to have an Avenged Sevenfold walk-up song, it would be Critical Acclaim off the uh, self-titled album. Number two, a classic. This goes back many, many years. I guess when I was in middle school. But it's Rock of Ages by Def Leppard. Juden, Gleden, Glauden, Gloden. I'm legit. I know it. That's a great one. Not Probably not the greatest Def Leppard song. We've done a list with Def Leppard. Rock of Ages was on the list. That's off the Pyromania album, which is really kind of a breakthrough for them. High and Dry probably got some big play later once they kind of hit the scene. You know, Hysteria probably their claim to fame. You know, we'll pour some sugar on me and Rocket and Women and um, all those great ones, Love Bites, that sort of stuff. But uh, Rock of Ages goes back to Pyromania, which was the first Def Leppard album that I ever owned. Love that album. Uh, love Photograph, Full and all that stuff. But Rock of Ages was a huge crossover hit from them. But number one, I- I'm going with uh, Landon Sims here. We're going Still the Night from White Snake. I think everybody should ride the snake regularly. Listen to some White Snake today. But still tonight, number one, my favorite walk-up on this list. So here is how the rest of this is going to work. So on Monday, I'm going to do the top ten country song walkouts, the country songs that I like the most on on Monday. On Wednesday, and I know we did G-Easy today, but this is kind of a catch-all for me. So on Wednesday which will give me some time to reach out to my kids, my college, my two girls in college, and uh, my oldest, and I'll let them help me rank those rap songs because I know that that's uh, a lot of you young folks like rap music more than rock music, and uh, that pains me a little bit. But I want to give everybody a chance to get – we're going to cover all the genres. So we did basically rock today. We'll do the country walk-ups on Monday, and we'll do the rap ones on Wednesday. How will that be? All right, so that's how we're going to do that. If you have an idea for the top 10 list, reach out, let me know. Happy to do it. I might just use it. You know, sometimes we'll just talk about it on uh, on social media, but uh, you give me a good idea, we'll use it. I know Roy has been on me about doing U2. We'll probably do U2 one day next week. Maybe we'll do that next Friday. We'll see. But we're kind of kind of you know planned up now for a couple days. But uh, if you have an idea, reach out, let me know. A lot of people reach out, and they, they say, hey, what about this? And I've already done it. 
and uh, more times than not, I can find a list and send it to you. And I'm happy to do that when I have some time. But uh, that's top 10 list. Again, brought to you by Dr. Robert Yarber and the ENT, ENT physicians of North Mississippi. All right, if you're one of those people, too, that are uh, struggling with credit card debt, and many people are. Many of you guys lived on your credit cards during the quarantine because you simply had no alternative. Well, now, now all of a sudden, you've kind of turned your debt-to-income ratio uh, into a bit of a nightmare. Now, instead of having to pay those uh, smaller credit card payments, you have uh, run up some balances, and maybe those payments are giving you the blues. There is a way out, and our friends at Upstart are happy to help. Smarter rates and basically instant approval. Go to upstart.com. That's U-P-S-T-A-R-T.com forward slash boneyard. You can apply right there online. You don't have to go fill out a big form or, you know, go give uh, a pint of blood or anything like that. Get a note from your mom. Very, very, very easy application process. And basically what they're going to do is kind of get you off this minimum payment hamster wheel. And so the great thing about this is they'll give you the opportunity to kind of, uh, you know, put these loans into one low payment and uh, there will be an end date rather than you having to constantly, you know, you know, pay and pay and pay and pay and pay. Because uh, you know what happens, you make that minimum payment, majority of that goes towards interest, you never really pay the principal down. So you're in a position now with the folks at Upstart of getting yourself out of that credit card pickle. Give them an opportunity to serve you today. Again, that's Upstart forward slash Boneyard. U-P-S-T-A-R-T forward slash Boneyard. All right, let's based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. Let's talk a little men's basketball here for a minute or two. You guys know what this is about now, right? I mean, it's like there were so many times we looked at this deal and said, uh, you know, we're awful. We're not going to be able to do this. And then there were times we'd say, you know what? Hey, we're actually showing some life here. We've won two in a row and uh, very convincing fashion on Wednesday as we take care of South Carolina. We expected to win that game. I don't know if we expected to blow them out the way that we did. I know that they have had some issues at South Carolina, uh, but we have had issues of our own. And so this is a very unforgiving league, so we're not going to really worry a whole lot about what they've got to deal with. We wish them the best, but uh, we've got some things we've got to deal with. Mississippi State now 9-5 and five at home on the year. You know, it was a stretch there, but we never lost at home on the men or the women's side. Uh, but we have some this year. Currently 13-11 overall. 13-11. and 11. And uh, I, I, I'm not mistaken, they have rescheduled that Auburn game, and they have. Okay, so let's look at what we have left. We had talked before about we had two regular season games remaining. Now we have three. So we will play Alabama, who lost to Arkansas in very embarrassing fashion at Bud Walton Arena on Tuesday nights or Wednesday night. They, they're going to be ready to go. They're going to come out uh, and give us their best effort. And I really thought Arkansas and Coach Musselman's team did a great job kind of denying them that three-point shot. And listen, Mississippi State, you know, three-point defense has been pretty good this year. Going to have to be great on uh, Saturday, 5 p.m. tip uh, against Alabama. 5 p.m. tip. That's moved up a little bit. You may have had a different uh, time earlier. They have changed that. And so be advised of that. It's going to be broadcast on the SEC network. Okay, so 
in the event we can win that ball game, I, I don't expect it, but we played them so tough on the road and we've won a couple ball games now we'll see. But um, just be mindful of that time. Let's go back and look a little bit at that South Carolina game just kind of quickly here. We win that ball game 69-48. You know, we beat them up pretty good at their place. And then we come back here to our place and we beat them even worse. Mississippi State had a 15-point advantage at the half, 38-23. to 23. And I think at that point we all felt like, you know what, we're doing pretty much whatever we want to do. We, we win the second half as well, 31-25. Uh, South Carolina just two players in double digits. Uh, A.J. Lawson goes for 10. And then Keyshawn Bryant off the bench goes for 14. Uh, Keyshawn actually attempted more shots than anybody else on the roster that day. All right, look on the Mississippi State side of things. We hold them a 29% shooting. Now, you're going to win a lot of ball games when you hold somebody under 30%. So we hold them at 29%, and then they're 19% from the three-point line. They're four of 21. So it's not like they just, you know, chunked up a few. We went out there and had to defend the perimeter and did a really good job with it. And then they're 72% uh, from the free-throw line. Uh, looking here at, uh, you know, rebounding, that's always kind of been a strong suit under Ben Howen. We, we double them up 49-24. to 49-24. So you're not shooting it well from outside, and then you're not getting that offensive rebound. It will make for a long night, and it certainly did for the Gamecocks of South Carolina. D.J. Stewart goes for 15, and a little more of a balanced scoring effort this time. You know, we didn't need him to go for 29 this time. He had a huge game against him last time, so you know they were determined to kind of hold him back a little bit. They did, uh, but he's still the leading scorer and uh, leads us to a victory. 32 minutes of action, three of five from the floor, one of two from the three-point line, got to the line a good bit, eight of nine uh, there, pulled down four rebounds, handed out five assists as well. Abdullah Du, big game for him, 23 minutes, three of five from the floor, had a couple of dunks, five of six from the line, pulls down eight rebounds, zero personal fouls, zero. And that was a concern early in his career. We could, you know, When he was on the floor, he was a difference maker. We just couldn't keep him on the floor because he couldn't play without fouling. Doing a much better job of that. Three blocks, a steal, 11 points. Tolu Smith was a monster on the boards, pulled down 13 rebounds, pitched in nine points, also stayed out of foul trouble, did get three, never really seemed to be uh, out of his element at all. Uh, 26 minutes of action for him. Derek Fountain made Sports Center. Made the big block, got down there, and uh, knocked down the three. <laughs> Great opportunity for him. He has become uh, a fan favorite already. 26 minutes, three of nine from the floor. Knocks down the one three on three attempts, three rebounds, three personal fouls, a couple of blocks, and seven points. Devion Smith also got the start. Two freshmen in the starting lineup. How about that? Uh, Devion Smith started over Iverson Molinar, who was uh, uh, serving a bit of a brief suspension for a disciplinary issue. Uh, but, uh, you know, 32 minutes of action for Smith. So it's not like, you know, that he just played the first few minutes and we put Molinar in. You know, give Ben Howland some credit. He had a disciplinary issue. I think uh, Iverson was late for a workout or something, and he paid the price for it. So he played reserve-type minutes when Smith played uh, the bulk of the minutes of point guard. Uh, three rebounds, two personal fouls, three assists, a couple turnovers, puts in six points, also has a couple of steals. Smith has very active hands. Iverson Molinar did come in, pitch in nine points. Um, but, you know, outside of that, it was just a good team effort all the way around. Double them up in rebounding, great job defending the perimeter, 
Uh, made 17 of 22 free throws. We're starting to see some progress there. Uh, matter of fact, in the first half, we made all 11. How cool is that? All 11 in the first half. We shoot 47% from the field and uh, 33%. And didn't rely so much on the long ball. Didn't have to because we had such a size uh, advantage uh, in the paint there. And that's the thing. You begin to look at this thing. Points in the paint. You know, we had 38 points in the paint. Uh, they had 20. So you nearly double them up there too. So basically in every statistical category, Mississippi State dominates this game against South Carolina. So we kind of touched on the Alabama game that's coming up. Uh, listen, it's going to be a tall task for us, not just because Alabama is very talented. They're going to be extremely motivated, right, after getting embarrassed the way they did against Arkansas. And Arkansas might be the hottest team in the league right now. And then we'll take that trip to A&M. The Auburn game rescheduled now for March 6th at Auburn. March 6th at Auburn. Another chance for State to potentially get a win there. You know, that's a winnable game for State. And Auburn has been kind of up and down at times, and we have not always played well uh, out there on the plains. But, uh, listen, that's going to be an important ball game for us. And so now State, two games over 500, And you look down the stretch here and you say, you know what, we're probably not going to beat Alabama. We got a real chance to beat A&M. And then we'll see what happens at Auburn. Then you get in the tournament. And so still a chance at a winning record. Got a little margin right now. You're going to lose some of that more than likely in that ballgame against Alabama. But, uh, you know, when I look at this A&M thing, we've, we've talked so much about how they haven't played many games because of all the COVID issues. But, um, you know, this is a team that hadn't always been the best matchup for us because of their ability to pressure guards. And they run that trap and kind of put you into a turnover plague situation. Uh, that could certainly be the case for us again. But if we go down there and play within our means and uh, don't let them dictate terms to us, we certainly have a chance to win that. They're 8-7 and seven overall and 2-6 uh, and six in the league. So it's not like they're playing excellent basketball. And, again, they hadn't played a whole lot. They've had so many games postponed. But, um, you know, matter of fact, they, their game against uh, Missouri is postponed. So – you know, who knows what happens, but, uh, you know, they might be a little rusty by the time we get ready to go play them. They have not played a basketball game uh, since January 30th, nearly a month. So that's one you look at now and you say, you know what, Steve, we should win that game and we have to win that game. And, uh, again, I'm excited about it. I think we have a real chance there. Looking forward to seeing Ben Howen's team back on the floor. And there's been some times this year we haven't felt that way. That's the best thing about young players, though, is they do begin to grow up. They begin to get some film. They begin to kind of buy into what's going on. Because in the beginning, everybody thinks, I'll just get out here and play. I can out-athlete people. And you find out you know, pretty quickly that everybody in the SEC is an elite athlete. And so that's where coaching kind of comes in. And so I think Ben Howland uh, has kind of righted the ship a little bit. And then we'll see, you know, we'll see how the season ends up. But uh, you know, we're certainly in a much better position than we were a week ago. Uh, certainly in a much better position than we were a couple weeks ago. We were mired in that losing streak. And so we've uh, we figured some things out, and we'll kind of move ahead here. And, and again, Tolu Smith, and we, that was last year, everybody kept telling us that he was going to be a difference maker. I don't think he has been, you know, maybe the score that many people expected, but he is an absolute bear on the boards. Uh, very excited about his contributions. And so we're going to need him to be big for us down the stretch. And, you know, who knows? You win some games here down the stretch. Maybe you're not expected to, and you know, perhaps you can play your way into the NIT. 
And a week ago, I don't think that I even felt that was a possibility. We'll see how things progress, uh, to say the least. Baseball season is here, which means it's time to upgrade your wardrobe, right? Many of you have lost weight, gained weight, or maybe you just need some new threads. You can find them at Campus Bookmart, and I encourage you to visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. Now, stand in man, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie, they'd love to see you in person. But if you can't make it to town, and perhaps game day is not a great shopping day for you, you can shop online at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays, and that is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson, and that'll save you uh, some money on shipping. All orders over 50 bucks get free shipping with that promo code. Any order less than 50 bucks, absolutely incomplete. You can buy your, you, yourself something. You can buy your, your daughter, your son, your grandparents, your grandchild, whatever. Anybody that, that you know that has breath can wear new Mississippi State apparel. Anything you need for your home, your office, your RV, your pet, uh, as far as uh, fashion goes, you can even get that excited about that you should be as well campusbookmart.net promo code bsr so wednesday night mississippi state played jackson state it was not an impressive game but it was one of those games we never felt threatened if you know what i'm saying it's like and i saw the social media commentary it's like sometimes people expect us to go put up church league softball type numbers uh, in these midweek games doesn't always work out that way because the main thing is just to get those guys some work Uh, We didn't have the timely hit. We did put up some hits. And listen, Jackson State threw their ace, uh, Nikel Galatis, who is the preseason uh, SWAC pitcher of the year. And I thought his breaking stuff was really good. I thought he kind of kept us off the fastball a little bit. He wasn't overpowering in any respect, but he he kept some of our guys guessing. The story of the game, though, was Cameron James. Cam really struggled. He won for 14 out there in Arlington. Uh, bounces back, goes four or five. Of course, I joke with Chris Lamontis in postgame. I said, yeah, he made his coach look really smart. You drop him down to cleanup, and he goes four for five. Uh, you know, maybe you keep him there. But, um, you know, great effort from, uh, you know, Bulldog pitchers. And let's kind of run down kind of who did well. Brandon Smith gets the start there. Uh, and, listen, he could be a midweek starter. He could be a long reliever. That's the thing about a guy like Brandon Smith. You know, when he's healthy, he is a guy that can help you in a lot of different ways. He gets the win, uh, only goes a couple of innings there. Let's break down the pitching here because we did throw a lot of guys. And a lot of these guys making their Bulldog debuts. You know, Brandon Smith, of course, is an old hand. We love Brandon and, and happy to have him back healthy. He throws two uh, two perfect innings to start the game. No, no walks, um, no hits, picks up a couple strikeouts, faced the minimum, uh, had three ground outs. And that's kind of the book on Brandon. When Brandon is doing a good job locating down in his own – He's going to have people beating the ball on the ground, letting the defense work for him. So when he's on his game, when he is you know, pounding the zone, kind of forcing contact, more times than not, it's going to be ground balls. He just It's just one of those things with him. He's one of those people that gets good sync on his pitches, and he's a strike thrower. And so if you're going to sit there and take pitches, you're going to strike out pretty quick. Uh, Davis Rokus makes his Bulldog debut, and he was absolutely sparkling. Also, Two no-hit innings, two perfect innings, four strikeouts. I thought he really only had one pitch that looked less than perfect. I mean, he really looked good. We've heard so much about him. We finally get a chance to see him. And uh, we talk about the depth of this Bulldog bullpen. He looks like a big-time pitcher. I mean, and that's the thing, too. There's so many people that will tell you this. Some of these old hands that have been around a while, they'll say, you know, the worst thing that ever happened to college baseball was a radar gun. 
because everybody wants to overpower people rather than learn to pitch and change speeds and throw the breaking ball and being able to spot stuff up. You can tell Davis Rokus has been well coached. This is a guy that knows how to pitch. I was very, very impressed. Uh, Mikey Tepper uh, does pretty well. You know, we, did, we didn't necessarily play, um, you know, I don't know. So it just seemed like that when he came in the game, we had some relaxation, and maybe it's because of the fact that we had uh, had a no-hitter through four innings. He goes one and a third innings there. Is charged with a run, has a walk, strikeout. We just had a lot of things that went wrong. They scored that run without the benefit of a hit. We had a wild pitch, and uh, Mikey's going to be fine. He's a very, very talented guy, but it just seemed like there were a lot of things that kind of went wrong that inning. You know, we had the, we, he committed an error. We had the wild pitch, and uh, he'll settle down. This is a very talented guy. Uh, Chase Patrick comes in, the aforementioned even flow. Chase Patrick comes in, uh, goes two-thirds of an inning, no hits, no runs, no walks. Um, You know, really kind of went out there and rolled up a ground ball on four pitches and we get on out of there, and then his outing is over. Casey Hunt comes in and really looked dominant the first few pitches, and then we had some issues with control. And to be honest with you, it's kind of been the book on him. You know, when he's on, he's really on. And when he's off, he might walk some guys. He did give up a hit and a run. Their first hit was a sharp line drive into center field. And I'm glad we didn't lose it on something cheap. But, uh, you know, we hold him to six six innings of no-hit baseball. Finally, with the seventh, uh, they get their first hit. They entered the game hitting 104, so not a great hitting team. Had a couple wild pitches in the inning. One of them was well over the head of uh, Luke Hancock. Also had a hit by pitch. But that's the point play in these games. You got to get these guys some live action. You got to get some bullets in the gun. Xavier Lovett comes in. Absolutely love this kid, man. This is a guy that pounds the strikes on. Good movement on the fastball. Uh, comes out there. Really, 13 pitches, three ground balls. Let's get the dugout. You know, he's had two two great outings now for Mississippi State, and uh, the second one even better than the first. I think he has a bright future ahead of him. A lot of life in that arm. And then Jackson Forster comes in and pitches the ninth, gives up a hit, a run. The run is earned, also has a wild pitch. You know, and so, listen, I get it. Everybody says, you know, we got to play clean, we got to pitch clean, and we do. But, you know, the hope is you use these midweek games to kind of clean those things up as we get ready to go play Tulane. Now, Looking at the schedule and looking at the forecast, maybe a chance to play two on Saturday. We don't know that yet, and that's the thing about this baseball weather that I've learned. There have been so many times, it seems like as soon as the 10-day forecast comes out, somebody says, oh, we may get rained out next weekend. And there's so much that changes with that. I mean, it's like outside of this winter weather, you know, when it comes to rain this time of year, your guess is as good as theirs. I remember a few years back when we had Oregon coming in, they were ranked so high, and I'd heard for 10 days we weren't even going to be able to get a single game in, and then we go up there and get all three of them in, and then we sweep them. So I don't put a lot of credit or, or place a lot of credence in the uh, the long-term forecast when it comes to rain. Earlier this week, the, the expectation was it rained a little bit on Friday and then not rain Saturday, Sunday, and then midweek, like it's going to rain every day. We do expect it to rain all night, overnight, tonight. And then right around first pitch, it's supposed to clear up and probably be clear the rest of the evening. So I believe the Friday game will likely be played on time, might be pushed back a little bit, 
and that's okay. It's a 4 p.m. start, so we have some wiggle room there. It's not like we're going to put you guys back uh, into midnight or something. But, uh, you know, kind of looking at this thing for Friday, uh, the chances for rain showers kind of begin to drop off mid-afternoon, and it's supposed to be 58 and cloudy at 4, and then it's not supposed to rain the rest of the evening. So we should be good to get the Friday game in. And I understand there is a possibility, there's a, supposedly a window on Saturday. But, again, things can change. So we'll take it one day at a time. Do expect that first pitch to be somewhere around 4 o'clock. And, again, it might get pushed back just a little bit. You know, we've got a great grounds crew, but uh, they need a little time to get ready and uh, probably don't need to be out there working in the rain. So they'll figure that out. So just be mindful of that. Kind of you know, pay attention to social media. Uh, stay weather aware and kind of understand that uh, there might be a little ebb and flow with that starting uh, first pitch, but plan on being here in time for a 4 o'clock uh, first pitch. I can't wait to get back to Dirty Noble Field. I had such a good time the other day just being out there and kind of seeing everybody. And uh, one of the things that I want to talk about, too, uh, about those um, Dirty Noble crowds, and I think it's important. First thing I'm going to ask everybody to do, take a deep breath with me. Take a deep breath. Okay, so there are some people that are intent on putting these pictures out there and say, hey, it doesn't look like 25%. Let me assure you that every possible ticket has been sold. Every possible ticket up to the 25% threshold has been sold. Now, Mississippi State has sold those tickets and collected money on those tickets. That's kind of the end of the responsibility for Mississippi State. The governor's office sets the guidelines, and then the ticket holders decide if they want to come to a ball game. And so let's say for an example that, you know, the, the athletic department, Mike Ritchie and his group, that they sell all 25% and then nobody came. Well, how do you work around the no-shows? And especially with the 4 o'clock start, you know, what if people are coming when they get off work and all of a sudden you've given their tickets away? You know, it's almost a no-win situation. And listen, I get it. I know that they say, well, Steve, it's easy for you to say you're a credentialed member of the media. You have a seat. And you're right. I don't know that same frustration. I don't. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I do. But I am going to say that it's important to understand if we have a 4 o'clock game against Jackson State, not the full 25% are going to come. And say, yeah, but Steve, it's the home opener. And and I, I get it. But there are going to be a lot of these midweek games that we're not going to hit the 25% threshold. Now, 25% of the tickets have been sold. But it's not like Mississippi State. It's not like Dr. Mark Keenum can call every one of the ticket holders and say, hey, listen, hey, are you coming to the game? Oh, you're not coming? Hey, do you mind transferring your tickets? And so let me encourage you, if you are one of the fortunate that have been able to, to get tickets this year, If you cannot make it, please ensure that your tickets go to the hands of a Bulldog fan. If you go and people say, well, Steve, I don't know how to get to them. You know what? There are about a dozen Mississippi State football and baseball Facebook groups out there. And in every one of those groups, you don't have to look long. Every one of those groups, there is a list of people. It's saying, hey, listen. I want to take my kids to a game this weekend. If anybody has four tickets, you know, I'm willing to pay for them. And so I think this is where we have to have this collaborative effort. 
If you have tickets, it's easy to find people that will take them off your hands if you can't make a ball game. You can go to Gene's page. We have a, uh, a ticket board you know, for people to contact each other to get that thing done. And, you know, there's no paper tickets, right? I mean, it's all electronic. So you don't have to go meet up with some stranger in the Walmart parking lot. and You get your cash and you give them tickets. Everything can be handled electronically. And so I'm just encouraging you. They're your tickets. They're your tickets. But we are one family. And many of our family members don't have access to tickets. And one of the things that I had heard yesterday, you know, there was all this, you know, discussion about student tickets. And I don't know where the rumor came from that we only did 36 student tickets. That's completely false. I've talked to four different people, four different people that did not know that I had talked to other people, and they all gave me the same answer. We initially did 200. And then once they began to kind of check people in and we realized that we were going to be short, they freed up about another 100. I don't think it's a full another 100, but they freed up some more tickets to try to kind of adjust to the attendance. And what do you do? Do you put a rule in and says, okay, but if you're not here by the fourth inning, we're going to give your ticket away? And then we send out a mass text to the students and say, hey, come on. You know, I don't know. There's no easy answers to any of that. But one of the things that we as a group can do as fans is that Let's make sure that our tickets get in the hands of people that want to go to a ball game. Whether you're giving them away or you're selling them, there are plenty of people out there. And they're, listen, I know right now that i got some friends that are listening to me say this, and, and they're all nodding their heads. You're like, man, I, I don't have tickets. I would love to be able to go to a game this weekend with my son. I'd love to be able to take my family up there, but I, don't, I can't get tickets. Now, the hope is is that, uh, you know, Governor Tate Reeves and his office are going to raise the restrictions to like 50%. That's the hope. And there is a lot of optimism with people that I talk to about that. People say, well, Steve, I don't want to jinx it. But there are a lot of people that, that are hopeful that maybe by the time we get into conference play, that we'll be able to get to 50%, which will accommodate another 25% of you. That's going to alleviate a lot of the problems, but not all the problems. That's why I think we all have to kind of work together here. Because, listen, I'm not talking about you find out, you know, Wednesday afternoon that you're going to have a late meeting. I mean, it's almost impossible to make something happen. But many of you like, hey, you know, we've got a wedding this weekend, and I've got four tickets, and I've got Omaha Club stuff, and I'm not going to be able to come. Please, please, please find a way to get those tickets in the hands of other Bulldogs. And you know what? If you have have tickets – and you don't know anybody that wants them, reach out to me, and I will go over into the Jeans Page ticket group, and I will find somebody. I'll, I'll find a list of people and say, hey, this is a person here that has tickets. If you need tickets, contact this person. I can promise you there are more than enough Bulldogs in a ticket-buying public that want to see this great team play baseball that will take those tickets off your hands. I don't want to belabor the point. But I want to make sure that we all understand we're all in this thing together. We really are. And there are no easy solutions. You know, and I've I had somebody try to get into an argument with me the other day and says, well, Mississippi State just needs to uh, to lift the restrictions. Well, there's, we can't. Mississippi State is a state-funded institution. There is a governing body in this state. There is a state health department. There is the Mississippi Department of Health. 
And let's say for an example, students, because I know you all love each other, and I know that you all feel much safer than the rest of us because, you know, by and large, your age demographic has not been, uh, you know, heavily impacted by the COVID virus. And so what happens is, you know, we're, we're going to go out there and we're all going to get in a student section and, uh, you know, we'll have, you know, 500 kids piled on top of each other out there in the in Wrightfield area. And then the, the Mississippi Department of Health can come and say, you know what, hey, you guys are not properly social distancing. You're in Mississippi State. You're not doing what we've asked you to do. So we're not going to allow you to have attendance at baseball games. And if you don't think that's possible, just try it. And there will be some people that will ruin it for everybody. And so there is going to be some inconvenience with all of this. There is. But as I shared with you guys a month ago, let's remember what we lost last year. We didn't get any SEC play. We didn't get the opportunity to go back to Omaha. And I remember all summer long when I would see you guys out, we'd all speak and we'd talk on social media. And we're all like, man, I miss baseball so much. I, I miss it so I want to be at Duty Noble so bad. I don't care who we play. I don't care if we win or lose. I just want to see our kids play. I just want to be able to go out there and watch Bulldogs play. And then other people were like, you know what, I'd even settle to watch it on TV. I just want to be able to watch Mississippi State play. And so kind of here we are. You know, that situation's kind of unfolded now. And I know we all want to be in that number. We all want to be in that group. We do. We all want to be in the group that has the opportunity to come and bring our family to go to the ball games. I can't get tickets for my family either. I get to go, yes. Is it my job? Yes. Is it a fun job? Absolutely it is. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. You know, but I got two girls in college. You know, I've got a, a college baseball alumnus son that uh, went to Arlington and said, you know what, I'm going no matter what the roads look like because it may be my only chance to see the team play. So I can't get those tickets either. And so I, I just share that with you. So please, if you are one of the fortunate, please take care of the needy. There are many people out there that will do anything to be able to bring their kids. And, again, I'm not going to belabor the point. We'll move forward now. Uh, speaking of baseball, our friend Brooks Bryan, former Diamond Dog outfielder, Brooks uh, robbed a home run that sent us to Omaha. I've told you guys about that before. He will tell you that story in much greater detail than me. Brooks is a great friend, a great friend to me, great friend to the show, great friend to Mississippi State. He'll be a great friend to you as well. And listen, I know many of you have contemplated moving to Starkville. You said, you know what? I'd love to have a place in Starkville. You know, maybe you live in the surrounding area and you thought, you know what, it wouldn't be that bad of a commute for me. I'd love to be able to be there and be close to the ballparks and close to the ball games. Portico is the way to go. The newest, nicest residential community in Starkville. And uh, that first phase is going quick. 18 houses in the first phase, 12 of the 18 already sold. So if you're wanting to get in there soon, you need to make a move sooner rather than later. Portico is right there off Garrett Road behind the Chrysler Jeep dealership and the Hilton Garden Inn. Very, very easy to find. 1.1 miles from campus. Easy access, 25 and 82. They also have a walking park, They a walking trail, pardon me, the pavilion area. Anything you need, they can take care of you. Very, very exciting development there. And if you don't get one of these six houses that are left in phase one, 
you'll be able to get one in phase two. That's going to be – they're already clearing dirt, kind of getting some things going. Of course, the snow put them back a week. But uh, you're going to have an opportunity to get in there. You're going to want to be in there. And many of you have kind of put it off. And, and you said, well, it's maybe someday. Well, today is the day. Give Brooks a call today. A home for every size family, whether it be an investment property, a home away from home, or your primary residence, they've got a property that'll fit you. Phone number 601-416-8075. Again, that's 601-416-8075. Portico, make it your next move. All right, let's talk a little bit about recruiting, shall we? A new name to kind of be mindful of. You know, Mississippi State's still in the hunt for a transfer portal DB. We already got one with Jalen Green. Would like to add another one. Would love to have a corner. Christian Broswell from Temple University is in the portal. Been in for about a month, and uh, he and Mississippi State getting acquainted. He and I traded some messages tonight before I recorded the show, and I uh, hope to speak with him some on Friday. So be looking for that update over on Gene's page. If not, we'll do it uh, on Saturday. He's got good film, good athlete, good length. Uh, not the biggest guy, but certainly a guy that uh, can come in capable of helping us. And uh, like what I've seen from him, don't know how serious it is just yet. But it does appear that Mississippi State is at least doing their due diligence and is reaching out. If you go look at uh, – I love you guys that kind of keep up with Twitter more so than I would. I mean, for some of you guys, it's almost like an obsession. But it goes, oh, my gosh, look at all his more recent follows. He just started following this coach and that coach. And that's all helpful information. Then you say, oh, well, all of a sudden this coach and that coach and this staff and everybody else is following this kid. And so sometimes that's a barometer that things are really beginning to take off. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just, hey, we're getting to know each other. But Christian does appear to be a viable option for Mississippi State. And listen, we've had a bunch of these, right? I mean, we've had, we talked about Jadarius Perkins. Uh, he was supposed to sign with Mississippi State on Christmas Day. Did not. Ended up signing with Missouri. Uh, you had uh, you know Carlin's Patel out of Assumption College, and he told us about to commit to Mississippi State. South Carolina gets involved; he goes there. And there's there's been you know a few others, and so a lot of times people say, "I'm not going to get my hopes up on this, Steve. I don't know what's going to happen next." You know, we 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 didn't want to get our hopes up on Jalen Green either until it happened. And once it happens, we're going to get a guy, and we're going it's going to be a big relief. And it's like, okay, I'm glad this is done. I'm glad this is over with. This is the guy that makes us better. Because really the bigger concern is that we're not going to be able to find somebody that helps us, right? Sure, we could find a body out there. We could just find another guy. But we're trying to find a guy that can come in here and really truly play and give us an opportunity to get better as a football team. That's what we're all looking for. And that's where the concern is among our fans is are, are we going to have to settle for? Are we going to have to just go take a body just to take somebody to, to fill a need just because we need somebody there in case we have an injury? We don't want to have to do that. And so if you have a chance to go get a guy, even from Temple or wherever, you get a guy that's got some snaps under his belt, you can feel a whole lot better about the probability of that guy being able to contribute. You know, Tyler Williams is a guy that uh, opted out last year. We do not expect him back. I am told that he will not be back. If he had returned, then that need is not as emergent. But because Tyler Williams is not going to be back, and the fact that we played so many snaps last year with Emmanuel Forbes and uh, Martin Emerson, people forget Martin Emerson played the second most snaps on the Bulldog team, second only to Darian Parker on offense. And they were within a few snaps. Martin Emerson played more snaps than anybody 
on defense last year. And so we've been very fortunate that he didn't get banged up last year. But uh, wouldn't it be nice to give him a little bit of a blow uh, so he can be fresh uh, in the fourth quarter? And that's where a guy like Christian Broswell comes in, a guy that brings competition to the room, a guy that has some uh, major college experience, but also, too, a guy that's capable of getting out there and playing meaningful snaps for you. And so we're working through it. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I expect this kid to commit yet because I hadn't talked to him yet. I don't, I don't know where his head's at. I don't know what his options are. But I know that Mississippi State is still working. I had a conversation uh, earlier today with uh, one of my best sources on the Mississippi Gulf Coast that tells me that Biloxi defensive end R.J. Moss showed up in great shape. Played basketball, able to drop some, uh, some bad weight, and that he is in phenomenal shape and uh, ready to get going for spring. R.J. Moss is a guy that uh, appears to be leaning to Mississippi State. Still work to do there, but uh, there are some options that Mississippi State has available on the defensive line this year. We've talked about that extensively on the show before. You know, you know Jaheim Otis and uh, Xavier Harris, the top two defensive tackles in the state. We expect State to get one. State at this point trails for Otis, but then leads for Harris. And if you get one of the two, I think you've done exceptionally well. I don't think you're going to get them both. <laughs> this isn't the day of Fletcher Cox and Josh Boyd. That said, there are some options out there, and every time we turn around, there's a new name or player that we're finding out about. And so uh, if you're not a member of Gene's page, you certainly should be. Go by and check it out. You have access to all of our insiders, and you can ask your questions and get them answered. We don't always respond on Twitter. It may seem like we do, but we don't. We don't always. I may just like your tweet. I may not respond to it. But if you go to jeanspage.com, we're going to answer all your questions, recruiting and otherwise. Go by and check us out. And, you know, if you go now, you got the opportunity to get a year subscription at 50% off and get a free subscription to CBS All Access. How cool is that? It's a great value in and of itself. And uh, if you're one of those, um, you know, husbands or even a wife, and you hadn't been able to talk your significant other into letting you subscribe to Gene's page, say, hey, listen, here's what we get. If you let me subscribe, I get it half off, and you get a subscription to CBS All Access. I know you like Big Bang Theory. You can go back and watch all those episodes uh, for free. How cool would that be? So that deal is going to run out here very, very soon. So if you hadn't taken advantage of that, you need to. Time is running out, shall we say. Also, too, if you're looking for books, again, every week I get questions in the DMs about books. I'm happy to answer them. But if people, other people have these questions, many of you do, and perhaps you just hadn't thought to message me. If you need to get personalized copies of any of my books, Flim Flam, Stark Villains, or Alpha Dogs, you can do so at alphadogsthebook.com. I'll write whatever you want. If you just want a signed copy, you just order a signed copy and they'll send it to you. But if you want it personalized, then they will have me come by and sign that. I go by about once or twice a week and personalize books for them. Uh, so I'm happy to answer your questions. But for those of you that have said, you know, I've been putting this off. I need to do this. Or I know that so-and-so wants this. Or I wanted to get this for a gift. Or I want to have this and put it on the bookshelf as a decoration or whatever. Uh, you can take care of that at alphadogsthebook.com. Uh, I'm really, really excited, too. And uh, I can't wait to really talk to you guys about this. I've shared it with a few people close to me. But there's a pretty major thing going on. And, uh, you know, again, I'll have more information sooner rather than later. And, and I've, I've teased this a few times, and it almost feels cruel that I can't tell you guys. But you're going to be really pleased. And um, I got a chance to kind of get a taste of it here last week. And uh, 
I'm really excited about it now. You know, before I was just kind of like, hey, this would be really cool if this happens, but I've been to the precipice of these things before and then nothing happens. And so I didn't want to get my hopes up. Well, my hopes are up now. And uh, that, that's with me also kind of, you know, kind of keeping my guard up for most of this process. But uh, something amazing is happening. I'll just say it that way. And uh, I look forward to sharing more details with you when we can. And they have uh, told me as soon as uh, we have the green light, on some things they'll give me a thumbs up and i'll share it with you and and fill you in on the details and uh it's going to be something that i think that you're going to be really proud of and uh really pleased that it's taking place all right next time we talk we'll be talking about mississippi state and tulane and um didn't really have time to preview it today i want to talk about some some basketball stuff but um you know tulane's a team that's going to come in here they uh they're two and two on the year they lost a series uh to ul lafayette last weekend uh, one games to two, and they come back and beat the UNO Privateers, I guess, on Tuesday night. So, listen, they're going to be a decent team. We're going to have to play well. We're going to have to play well. We're not just going to be able to just show up and, and win a ball game. We're a talented baseball team, but we got to go out there and execute. And I suspect that you're going to see our pitching, our starting pitching, do a better job. Of course, Eric Sarantola has now moved up from Sunday to Saturday. Sunday is now listed as TBA. And so the question then becomes, well, Steve, what about Will Bednar? I have no update for you. I was told last week by a Mississippi State representative about five minutes before first pitch that it was something as simple as just having some stiffness in the neck. He tried to warm up and just couldn't go. Uh, and now here we are. And you know what? He was supposed to have a bullpen midweek, and the only thing I can figure is maybe he had the bullpen and this didn't feel right. And so, you know, we've gone through some things like this before, and things have been okay. We've gone through some things like this before, and they haven't been okay. But I have not heard anything that concerns me to the point that I think that he is out for an extended period of time. And I know Chris Lamontis well enough to know Chris isn't going to drag that thing out. If there is a guy that is injured and is going to be out for the year, he's going to tell you. You know, he's not going to sit here and piecemeal this thing along week after week after week and make us all ask the question. If a guy's done for the year, he's done for the year. We've been through this many times uh, with him. And so Chris is not a dishonest person. He's not a guy that's being disingenuous in his comments. If he tells you that we don't expect Will Bednar to be out long, then we shouldn't expect Will Bednar to be out long. Uh, you got to learn to take Lamontis at his word. And, and listen, Chris done a great job here for us at Mississippi State. He's got no reason to lie to us at all. So I understand the concern, but I'm just telling you, based on the things, the conversations that I've had privately, I haven't heard anything at this point that makes me think this is going to be a prolonged issue. Now, I may be completely wrong, but at this point, nobody has raised a red flag just yet as it relates to Will Bednar. So uh, we'll look forward to seeing Will on the mound sooner rather than later. That's going to do it for today. Thanks so much for your patronage and support of the Boneyard all these many years. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.